Hey friends, it's your girl Britt and Joy Jolene. Welcome to Back to Her. If you aspire to heal, evolve, or revolutionize, this podcast is for you. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at official back to her. And that too is the number two. Let's get it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of our Black is King series. Um, sorry that I was absent last time, but I know you you guys love that episode. I'm sure it was deep. I miss y'all. Um, and yeah, I heard some good things about it. So yeah, but we're here today. We have a special, special guest. Can you introduce yourself? Tell the listeners about you and, you know, just a little bit about you. Let them get to know you. (laughs) Um, my name is Justice Hill. I'm from, uh, Willingboro, New Jersey. I currently uh, stay in Bowie, Maryland, where I cut hair in Washington, D.C. Mm. Um, where can they find that at? They can find that at 2350 Washington Place, Northeast, okay. Washington, D.C. He liked that with the, with the, with the okay. yeah. So. Go to him for your cuts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get into, you want to, well, we'll get them, let them get your Instagram at the end. Mm-hmm. But um, we just want to start, oh yeah, by the way, y'all, this is my childhood best friend, buddy. Yeah. We've been friends since we were 12. For real? Yeah. Like wow. Fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, sixth grade. Yeah, when I first moved to Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we're 23 now. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful. Yeah, when you said New Jersey, I was like, oh yeah, yeah I know mm-hmm. y'all grew up together. Yeah. So um, just let's start off by just like telling them a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, what brought you from Willingboro to D.C., mm-hmm. And just what that journey's been like for you? Um, growing up in Willingboro, it was just me, my mom, my sister. Um, it was pretty cool. Like Willingboro is like a suburb outside of like Philadelphia and Camden and stuff. So, um, it was alright. Majority black town. Um, fun. It was fun coming up, but um. Yeah, after a while, after a while, I just wanted some. I wanted more for myself. Willembro, it has like a. I feel like it. It has a cap on how much of the world you you'll actually be exposed to. So once you like get out of Willembro, you start to see so much more, and your mind starts to open up, and you begin to want more for yourself. So mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. Yeah, I can relate to that. Like growing up, and have you heard of Elton? Yes, that's where I grew up. So coming from there to Baltimore was just like, yo, it's so much more to the world, like beyond this town. And that's a town that's predominantly Caucasian or predominantly white. So it's like going from there to a HBCU at Morgan and, you know, then deciding to stay in Baltimore was just like a huge culture shock. But it was also an awakening to see like, it's more to life than a small town. It's more to life, you know? And when you do get out of those restrictions of living, like, in a small town, you realize that you have more potential. It's more that you can do. Like, it's more to the world. It's more in career. It's more in how great you can be because your mind is now expanded. And I think that just comes with traveling altogether. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, I think the same thing, like, happened to me. Like, I feel like that's when I really started to grow, you know, mm-hmm. into into myself. Like, I feel like I've, like, talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but I was really troubled as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't a horrible kid, but I was like, oh, there go little Brit. Like, just loud and just, like, wretched and just me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, with a lack of guidance and, like, I feel like my life 
not I feel like my life did change when I went to college you know like that was the start of everything changing but I think being in a new environment exposed me to different people and the the better the people the more that I realized like you said in Willowboro is kind of a cap and and there are great people in Willowboro so please don't get me wrong we have some followers in Willowboro so shout out to y'all but I just feel like in Willowboro you know it majority of people get out of Willowboro and it's like for the people that stay in Willowboro, you either stay there and stay low to yourself or you yeah. stay there and you're in a mix. And, you know, unfortunately for us, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people who are, are dead in jail. Mm. You know, it's not something for me personally. You can say how you feel, buddy. But like Willowboro, I never want to go back to It's It's nothing there for me ultimately mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. granted I, I love Willenboro like I remember um maybe a couple months ago I had went home and I was able to see people that I grew up with in middle school high school and I was like like I can never like I'm not gonna lie at a point in my life I was like yeah what like I'm never going back to Willenboro and just kind of totally disregarded it and felt fell so in love with my evolution but then mm-hmm. that last experience I had I realized like nah like these are people that I grew up with the experiences that we had the memories we made shaped me into the person that I am it's just one of those things where like I've I've been exposed to so much more mm-hmm. and I don't think that the town really has what I need. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. you agree? I would definitely agree. I wouldn't I would never want to I hum- humbly saying I would never want to actually go back to live, but I definitely want to um I actually want to bring I want to bring value to my town where mm. I'm from. So I don't necessarily want to go back, but I want to give the people there um just expose them to more of the world. Like mm-hmm. bring bring more valuable businesses back home. Um, create more opportunities for the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot that I can go into, but I definitely want to show Willembro that it's more than what you see. Mm. I respect that. Yeah. So, do you feel like um, what am I trying to say? Like, was there an experience, like one specific um, experience that you could think of in your mind that kind of made you hit an awakening where you realized, like? whoa, like, there's way more than mm-hmm. what I've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that that definitely happened once I came to uh, PG County. But before that, uh, I was working somewhere. I, I ain't going to say a bunch of names or nothing, but I was working somewhere, and I looked around, and I just looked at the people who I worked next to, and I realized I didn't necessarily want to live the type of life that they lived. Like, I went, mm-hmm. I was working around about five other people and I evaluated each of them individually and none of them next to me I really aspired to be like later down the line they were all older than me so I'm like I want to be around people that I actually want to look up to and um aspire to be similar to like learn from something from each and every one so that's what made me get up and say I think I got to get out of here that's a huge decision did you do it on your own? Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you know anybody in PG? In the uh, area? I didn't. My father what? was actually out here, so that's how I was able to get up and go. But uh-huh. I came out here, like, alone. Like, left your friends, mm-hmm. left everything. Wow. So what was the, what did that process look like? Like, did you just up and leave? I noticed um girl that I follow, follow on YouTube, like, her story of why she left was a completely different story. But her whole thing was... She had to make a sacrifice of, like, as a young woman working in a factory, like, working 20 hours um, a day, you know, like, working those huge hours until she she had the means to move and, you know, go right. to a completely different place. So, like, what was your journey like? So, my journey, um, 
I'm a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, I can say that I'm, I'm very fortunate, very fortunate. My father actually had a, um, a plumbing company where he stayed, where he uh, earned a, a valuable living off of. So when I initially came out here, I asked my father for a job and he was able to supply me with a job like right then and there. Mm. But I actually realized that I hated the work like he does plumbing. And so I'm like a clean, want to smell good, want to look decent type of guy. So I was in there getting dirty. Uh, I had to use a porta potty to use the bathroom. Like that just, that ain't my style. So mm. I had to get up out of that trade. But yeah, it was the, uh, tra- the uh, transition. It was, it wasn't hard for me. Fortunately. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And then how did you get to the point of from going from being in a space that you didn't necessarily feel that you resonated with to now, you know, um, being a barber, if I'm right, like mm-hmm. you said, being a barber and like being in a space that you actually like, you know, you work for and you value it mm-hmm. or and uh-huh. add, to add to that. Is there more elevation that you want to see in your life or do you feel like you are where you want to be? Um, I'm I. It's always elevation in life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you at, where exactly you are, mm-hmm. and um, elevation doesn't always have to be financial. It could be like spiritual or uh, elevating your mind or something. So it's always mm-hmm. just with life. Period. It's always ways to elevate. But currently, currently I'm living my dream. I'm like earning a valuable income. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I'm free. Like I don't, I don't have to come to work. Ooh, that's a uh, mm-hmm. Looking to impress a, a, a higher person in a higher position, mm-hmm. like the guy I'm under, is who I aspire to be like. Like, and he and the things he do, I learn from him every day. I learn from the people around me every day. Mm-hmm. Like I want, like I intended to. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually extremely satisfied. But it's always ways to go up and mm-hmm. to elevate. So right. that's gonna come regardless. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think that's so important. Like just being in a space that like you feel free and that you feel like you can actually elevate. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's a really uncomfortable yeah. feeling being, like, like where you are and it's just, like, yo, like, you just know you don't belong there or you yeah. know, like, That's damn, am I wasting my time? Am I, am I learning? Am I growing? And I think that every situation, any placement that you are in your life, there's always going to be room to grow, mm-hmm. room to gain wisdom, root, like, you know, and even if it's, like, as simple as knowing this is exactly what I don't want to do. That lesson in itself is valuable. But, like, I know for me at my job, I mean, now, I can say that I'm getting to a point with my job where, like, slowly, like, very slowly, mm-hmm. I'm starting to love what I'm doing and, like, actually enjoy, you know, going to work. But, like, I don't know if I had more of those days. Those days that I've had, I don't know that necessarily outweighed the the days where I'm like, bro, like I don't want to do this. Like I remember mm-hmm. my first job out of undergrad. I used to be on my way there, like, and this is so horrible, and I'm I'm so thankful that God never let this happen. Oh, but yeah. I would okay. be like, yo, like, I wish somebody just hit my car so I don't gotta go to work. But you should that never have words. to feel yeah, like that. Bad. You like, get to that point, it's like, yeah, oh, it's time to go. Right, and that's why, like, it. That's why I left, you know. And it was a hard decision for me to make because at the end of the day, I graduated in May. You know, I started working there in July and I quit by December and like quitting doesn't feel good to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like it's just like something about that for me. It just doesn't sit well. Like, I don't like feeling like I didn't complete things. And and sometimes you have to leave prematurely, but you have to know when you know what I mean? 
But it's like, it was a really, really hard decision for me to make. But I'm like, bro, like, I'm going to work and I'm damn near having a panic attack. That's not cool. You know what I'm saying? But like, so what advice would you give to a person that is like aspiring to find what genuinely makes them feel purposeful and happy? Mm -hmm. Mm, You gotta, you gotta find out what you would do for free. Like, you gotta find out what actually brings you joy. Like, I want to get paid for what I do, but I genuinely, I just, I just realized, I just found this out about myself that I genuinely enjoy cutting hair. Like, I do it for fun. It's like it's almost like therapy when I'm working. So currently, when I'm at work now, I, I don't feel like I'm doing labor. I just feel like I'm doing my what God, the gift that God blessed me. I'm just expressing it every day, and people are paying me for it. Mm. Wow, you just met, you just said something that resonated with me. It's like therapy. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is like therapy. So in in other words, what you're doing is healing towards you, mm-hmm. and the energy is reciprocated. Mm-hmm. It's not just a give, give, give. It's mm-hmm. a give, take, and receive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that way, there's balance, and in that way, you receive balance in your life altogether. Wow, mm-hmm. something you could do for free. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to yeah. like write down, write a list, take mm-hmm. out a list, and like think of things like what could, I, what do I genuinely love that I could do for free. Another thing. Um, I don't know if y'all follow Tabitha Brown on Instagram. Mm-hmm. The vegan um, she's lady. She's vegan, yeah. yes. A point that she made was like, think of what you're naturally good at. Like, what do you naturally, what gift have, do you naturally have that you've abandoned? Mm-hmm. Or that, not even that you abandoned, but you're not really given enough attention to, but mm-hmm. it's a natural gift that mm-hmm. you have. And so um, it also makes me think of that because it's like sometimes... And me, myself included, I can be like, you know, what's my purpose? What what am I supposed to be doing? What career am I supposed to be in? And so it could be right in front of my face, mm-hmm. which it probably is. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I hadn't thought about it in that perspective of what feels like therapy or what feels healing and what could I do for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that working good. for free is no joke. Like yeah. I remember um, my senior year at Morgan, I had an internship at the public defender's mm-hmm. office. Girl, I did 400 hours for free. Mm-hmm. And That's dedication. Yeah, like 400 <laughs> hours for free. And the crazy part about it is, yo, I remember it would be like Friday and I'll be looking forward to going to work on Sunday. And like Sunday will come and I'll be like, all right, y'all, I got to go to bed. Like I can get me out. Like, you know, and it's, it's, it's crazy because I feel like, yo, it's so crazy how that even happened and it, how like, as much as I try to, like, escape it, it just kind of keeps coming back to me. Because it's, like, I remember my very first internship. And it was, like, um, I, you know, I got my degree in social work. So, I got the internship. And it was at, yo, that's so crazy. I just had an epiphany. <laughs> but, um, basically, the very first internship was at this place called Kind. Uh-huh. Kids in Need of Defense, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, we, like, we worked with undocumented minors, like, making sure they were protected in the country, blah, 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 blah. So, I'm thinking, all right, like, it's a social work internship. Let me apply. So, when I had my interview, they were like, okay, like, we have two sides. We have the social work side and we have the law side. You know, which side would you like to work on? And I was like, um, like, you know, just trying to, like, sound politically correct in an interview. I'm like, well, whatever you, whatever it sounds, whatever you think I would serve you all best as. They put me, like, on the law side. So, I was, like, working under attorneys. So, that was the first start of me being exposed to the law field. So, you know, I'm there at the internship. All the lawyers. I'm working under all lawyers in a private firm. They're talking to me about um, law school. But I'm like, well, 
you know, like that's not really something that I was thinking about. You get what I mean? Because that's that wasn't the path that I was intended on going to. Mm-hmm. Another crazy thing is it was in University of Baltimore. Now mm-hmm. I'm at University of Baltimore for grad school. Doing three years later, didn't even realize that mm-hmm. I was being exposed to what was later going to come. Yep. Right. Yep. So then my second internship was with the public defender's office. And I absolutely loved it. Like, I loved everything about it. And so then come Mm -hmm. senior year, when I had my third internship, and this was finally a social work internship because this is an internship that they gave me through my degree program. And, girl, I hated it. And I was like, yo, like, this is so crazy. Like, every time I'm just trying to chase social work, social work, and it was never working. And then it's like, the reason why I said I had that epiphany is because, you know, I'm at a group home now, and we actually have an undocumented minor in my unit. And, like, I love him. And I'm like, yo, like, I want to help this population. But it's so crazy how everything just kind of comes full circle. And I, I believe that sometimes... You know, here it goes, Pastor. But um, I believe that sometimes God reveals things to you before he releases it. So, like, in my situation, God was revealing to me that, like, my path is law. And my path is to work, you know, in this field. But didn't necessarily, like, release it right then and there. And then even now, like, these last couple of months, I've been, like, I totally gave up my dream to go to law school like I totally forgot about it because I just got to a point where I was just like yo I really don't want to work for nobody like this is just not really what I want to do and like slowly but surely like now that I'm at work like it's so I probably can't say that but let's just say the way that things have been going at work sorry y'all if y'all heard that but the way things been going at work is like Mm -hmm. I've realized like yo like I'm really good at this like and so I can't keep running from it like I have Mm -hmm. this one youth when I first got to that job Mm -hmm. when I say this kid was off the chain like I mean to the point like like for no reason just going up to this random kid and squeezing his neck so bad he started hemorrhaging in his neck Mm -hmm. and they were like yo if he would have held his neck any more seconds he could have died he was out of pocket bringing finding pictures of him with guns hiding guns on the campus all types of now they barely hear that child's name when we do like our weekend reports and our campus overviews and it took it took some hours and a couple of days right but i'm like right and so that shows me like yo i can do this and it's another kid that's out of pocket on campus and i was just like you know what like i called my supervisor and i'm like before we try to like send him off of campus the same way we was about to do that let me try to talk to him like you know what i'm saying and i know that was a, a whole Grab. But basically what I'm just trying to say is like you really do got to figure out what it is that you love to do yeah. and what you're good at. Yeah. And I do agree that like and that just gave me a lot of perspective, like doing something that not only you serve people, but it serves you back. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what will keep you in it. Yeah. That was yeah. a, a certain. It's, yeah. it's interesting because you didn't fully abandon social work. Like, yeah. You didn't, it still happened for a reason. It still plays a role in what you are doing, what you're going to do. But it's like that was the path that you had to take. Yeah. And it's a foundation. Like, and that yeah. type of field, like, yeah. you can't just... See, that's the difference. Like, a lot of people will go, could go into the criminal justice system and just be like, oh, you're a criminal... At the end of the day, if you if, if if you have no type of social work background or no understanding of humans and you you see somebody that strangles somebody, you're gonna be like, What the hell is wrong with this yeah, person? Yeah. But because I have the educational background that I do, mm-hmm. I'm able to be like, Okay, so what is wrong with him? What will cause him to That's do that? It, what does yeah. he need? Yeah. What is he lacking? But the average person can't do it. So yeah. yeah. It's a foundation that I'm I'm thankful for. And again, 
me getting my degree in social work didn't just give me these skills to help people. It helped me. Like, mm. I had a very traumatic life growing up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Growing up with a father on drugs, having a sick mom, being homeless, going through all of those type of things. It, that's hard. And, mm. like, even with me, you know, my dad being on drugs the last seven years or so, like, I'm literally only able to see my dad the way that I see him because of what I've learned about addictions. Mm -hmm. So that degree didn't just free people. It freed me yeah. too. You get what I'm saying? That's when your money is well worth it. Yeah. Well, because. not them loans. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I could have learned that in the book or the podcast. But, yeah. I'm over here like, I spent all this money. Right. So, oh, and that's another thing for you too, buddy. Like, how do you, like, considering that you didn't go to college, like, tell us about your experience. Mm. I've seen, seen your post, your old post on Facebook about you crying about your um, essay. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, cried yeah, yeah. on your essay? Wait, what happened? Um, so, it was like, it was like a, a one of my teachers. We I had the class twice a week, and he would assign like a new essay every class. Like, Damn. like it was. I probably had the class on Mondays and Wednesdays, and he would assign a new essay every class. So I had emailed him. And I just told him like this was the worst experience of my life, <laughs> and I never, I never wished to like. I don't want to. I don't want to complete this. Like I don't want to uh, do college anymore. And I was. I like passionately felt that it wasn't like I was being lazy or nothing. Like I. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like the typical, um, oh, go to college and so you could get a have a background and then you can get a job. Like that whole system wasn't for me. I've been knew I wanted, I knew at a young age I wanted to like be free. Like I didn't want to have to constantly answer to somebody. I didn't want to have to cut my hair to get accepted by this job. I'm not cutting my beard. I'm not hiding my tattoos. I'm just me. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. mm, that's dope. So did you ever have like a, a fear? Like I know you said that you always knew you didn't want to do that, but like did you ever have like a fear or did anyone around you ever have a fear that like because you didn't take the traditional route of like going to college and then going into your career, like how your destiny would turn out? I mean, mom, I, I honestly, I didn't. But I didn't know why I didn't. I know I understand now why I didn't. But at the time, I just I didn't. I just knew I didn't want to be in college. But of course, my like mom and some of my family was, um, you know, a big concern because that's all they've been exposed to. Mm -hmm. Like their generation was based on going to school, doing well. So if, I guess a white company could hire you and you could provide for yourself and make a way for yourself. But it was just something in me that said I don't. This route isn't for me. I'm gonna I'm do what I know how to do, and I'm just I was just trusting God at that point. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing, but yeah. what I was doing was just following my gut and following my instinct. Yeah, intuition. So, what did that teach you about like intuition? Knowing what you know now. Mm -hmm. Oh, knowing what I know now is like you you'll be a fool to ignore the messages God sends you through in mm -hmm. intuition. Like that's a to, I call intuition a human superpower through God. Yeah. Like. That's God literally communicating with you. Mm -hmm. So if every time you go against it, you ninety nine percent of the time when people go against their intuition, they wish they did. Mm. How do you decipher your intuition versus like random thoughts in your mind or pressure thoughts of other people? Um, you know that could that could infiltrate your mind. How do you yeah. how do you decipher the difference? That's like that's that's very um, interesting because I was just thinking about that to myself the other day. But mm. thoughts. You thoughts in your mind is that's like God being on one side and the devil being on one side. Mm -hmm. So the, I feel like the thoughts in your mind, that's the devil. Mm -hmm. But the thoughts 
through your spirit, like you feel was right and you you feel was wrong. So say, say um, say say I'm driving my car and I don't have my seatbelt on. God, you'll feel something in your in your spirit saying, "Put your seatbelt on." Mm-hmm. But then it might be that that other devil in your head talking about, "You don't need no seatbelt. You cool. You good." But like deep down in your mind, you know you need your seatbelt on to be safe. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's a simple little example. But mm-hmm. that's how that's how I go. That's about how you decipher the yeah. So a soul given word, like a soul given intuitive message, mm-hmm. versus like you know your brain kind of being at war with mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, throughout your journey, um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit just now, but what was your, you know, often when we're going through life changes, like, for example, oh, I'm getting up, I'm moving up to this town or to this place, um, I'm changing jobs, you know, I'm figuring out what job is right for me and going through that transition. Oftentimes, it's also a spiritual awakening or a spiritual transition or a spiritual, you know, transformation that takes place along that journey. So, can you describe yours if, and how that was? Um, so, you basically asking about, like, my spiritual journey through work, like, finding what like I love to do. throughout life, throughout, you know, that transition of being in New Jersey and then deciding oh, okay. you're up, you know, coming up to PGDC and mm. finding, you know, your love and... Um. So basically, for me, that's just been like, I don't know. I mean, it's just been a, a great experience for me. Like, I've, I've learned a lot about myself. I learned about, like, what I, what I will do in life and what I won't do. That's for uh, sure. What I want to be around, what I don't want to be around, mm-hmm. what I want to, what I um, can possibly fix coming from where I came from. Um, like adding value to the town, adding more uh, information, exposing the town to more. But um, as far as for me, like cutting hair, it's it's I've I've experienced from the minimal level to the top level. So I just want to keep keep raising the bar for that top level. That's what, that's pretty much it. Uh, this is something I love to do. This is um something that makes me happy doing. I have fun while doing it. And like, it's just God giving me my space to create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and was there ever a time where you kind of lacked faith in God, or you know? And could you describe that? Because mm. we all go through that. But we're just like God. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Going through this. So it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't necessarily me lacking faith in God. It's me not having the knowledge that I have now with mm-hmm. God. So basically, like. I was at a point where when I first stopped the plumbing the plumbing business, I I was cutting hair at a um I had to find I had to find a shop. So the mm-hmm. shop I found, it was like a, a shop, a little white shop out in Crofton. And I told myself I need to learn how to cut like white hair. So being there mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily like the actual shop, but it was like a process I had to go through to get to where I'm at now. So mm-hmm. um Basically, being a stepping stone, I had to be around a bunch of workers that I didn't necessarily like, but I, the the experience and the information I needed to obtain from there, I used my time being there to do strictly that. So I didn't I didn't let my emotions. Oh, I don't like this person. I don't like that person. I didn't let that get in the way. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually, I found an opportunity in uh, Washington D.C. in Capitol Hill, where I start cutting hair for like 
I say I grew up cutting hair for like twenty dollars back in Willembro. Mm-hmm. This that shop in uh, Washington D.C. I start cutting hair for fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah, which was double plus yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And the tips were better. The clientele was better. Like the clientele level was very high end. So like. I was able to learn something from each and every one of my clients. I know how to talk, speak, and talk to people. So mm-hmm. it was a very um, beneficial situation for me, like extremely beneficial. I, I got exposed to a lot of uh, just black black individuals doing well, mm-hmm. like millionaire African-American Jeez. people, and having conversations with them, being able to hang out with them, being able to spend time with them. Um, being able to do business with them. So it's been a pleasure. So talking to all those people, um, what was the top piece of advice that they could give you from those millionaires and those, you know, corporate, you know? Um, Man. It's it's so like... Or what's something that still sticks with you that maybe one person told you that, you know... Or top three, elevate top three, yeah. Top give us, three. give us tea. Like, <laughs> dang, dang, dang. Uh, off the head, I, don't, I might have some notes in my phone. Let me see. Oh, that's dope. That's good that you notes. write it down. I know that's right. Wow. Yeah, because I, mean, yeah, I know even hairdressers, like, that's all we, like, we talk. We talk, we talk, we talk. Mm-hmm. And I, even with my recent vacation, my hairdresser told me, like, go to this hotel. And I'm glad she did because... It was very peaceful there, you know, the measures that they were taking because mm-hmm. of everything going on, like, they did a very good job, and we had a good experience, mm-hmm. you know, whereas mm-hmm. we, it would have been trial and error, if not, so, yeah, yeah, but I'm listening. Yeah. Um, so, I can't, I can't, I can't say, well, I can say this, like, I've been exposed to um, life insurance, mm-hmm. life insurance, that's like, life insurance is a... Uh, one of the main sources or or tools to financial freedom or generational wealth and a lot of a lot of african american people are not exposed to life insurance like they don't even know what that is if you mm-hmm. ask them so um like the clients they they expose me to things like that mm-hmm. um different businesses like stocks i've got like money invested in stocks a little bit like mm-hmm. those those are all cool but like the thing i value the most nowadays is like when I when someone older older than me will give me like a viable quote or something like so recently the the guy I'm under now he basically he says something like um if there's enough for one there's enough for two mm-hmm. so he said like in in his uh spiritual spiritual background they like say if you had a tiktok 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 (laughs) yeah if you had a mint and like is you and say you got like a brother or something is you and another individual y'all both hungry if there's enough for one there's enough for two so you have to split that tiktok tiktok in half and share Mm -hmm. but basically basically that being saying like it does no matter how no matter big or small always like share with your people so like mm-hmm. well that the with the value that I had to me was like the information that i obtained from all the clients in the world mm-hmm. now like so 
everything I learned, I I I got a call like one of my close friends and like, yo, this is what this is what this guy just told me. Like, mm-hmm. or I call like I called Britt the other day and just sharing like things that I things that I thought was valuable with her. Like everything of value, you you never keep whole information mm-hmm. to yourself yeah. because yeah. like that's not what you're here to do. Yeah. You're here to be a messenger to like somebody you know, somebody woke you with the information. Now it's mm-hmm. your your duty to wake the next person yeah. with the information. Mm-hmm. That's how we grow and evolve as a uh, culture. Right. I love that. That's probably gonna stick with me too. Mm-hmm. That that's a really, really good quote. And I feel like it that is so important because at the end of the day, to think of like where all of us are right now, we needed someone to say something mm-hmm. or to do something. You know what I mean? Like I don't think any of us can say that there wasn't one thing that someone said to us that shaped our perspective or shaped our mind or like and that's just it just is what it is. You know what I mean? And so like who are we not to be that to someone else and Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of times people um and and when we say people i think it's important like it's just like i know in leadership one thing that i was always taught this like you're only as strong as your weakest link so for example if i have a court of people and one person is lacking everything then we're all lacking everything you know and then i so i want to say that same thing as a people as african-american people as a as our generation like we're only going to progress as we all can progress, you know what I mean, as people. And I feel like that's a big problem. A lot of time people get the information and they boss up and they forget about those who, you know, who came before them or who might be behind them. And that's why, like, just to bring it back in the beginning of the episode when I was like, yo, like, there was a point in time where, like, I'm not going to say that I felt like I was better than anyone in Willowbrook. I never felt that way, but I just felt like, damn, I got to keep going. I got to elevate. I got to push forward. And then I, I had to realize, like, no, like, if it wasn't for this teacher and this person and this experience, how the hell would I be where I'm at right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that just honestly motivated me. Like, I give back a lot. Like, I that's one thing I do. But that just made me want to go back to Willemboro and go back to Queens and mm-hmm. these places where, like, my seeds were initially planted mm-hmm. to be able to, like, pour back into them. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's going to push us forward as a people. You get what I mean? I agree. And you know what that reminds me of? That's why I love to give thanks to our ancestors, my ancestors, very, very frequently because it's like they had to go through a lot for us to get here. You know, no knowledge. What's what's the thing? A lot of people like to say self-made, self-made, self-made. Mm-hmm. None of us are self-made. Somebody mm-hmm. had to give you something, give you a piece of knowledge. Like with Kylie Jenner, the, the youngest self-made billionaire. No, actually, one of her homegirls was like, um, girl, you know, start this lip kit. Everybody's talking about your lips. So be funny and start a lip line. Whole time she blows up to be the youngest billionaire. And so it's like none of us are really self-made because we're always being poured into. And this knowledge is kind of recycled. Somebody else gave you, uh, you know, that peace of mind. Somebody else gave you the resource to go look up this video to learn how to do that. So, you know, we all had to receive knowledge from someone and sometimes knowledge is even passed down sometimes natural talents are passed down and so it reminds me of when I was in Jamaica literally I was on we just um, went on an excursion to do a horseback riding Mm -hmm. because we were like this is different like let's try this out and then we get there and we come to find out the horseback riding is on a slave plantation Mm -hmm. what used to be a slave plantation that's now owned by Jamaica but it was owned by the British and so this is 164 acres of sugarcane. You know, it's not sugarcane now, but it was. 
when I tell you that sun was beaming down, it was hot. And you know, sugarcane, that's why, forgive me, Jamaicans, my Jamaicans, <laughs> but they like to say we're kind of like crazy. But you know, being on a plantation, sugarcane is the hardest thing to like, one of the hardest crops to pick and, you know, get that sugar out of. You get cut up, like all types of things. And then the Jamaica heat is different. So it's like to just be on that land and just feel like, dang, like, I really had ancestors on this land, like just mm-hmm. picking sugar cane for me to be here. Like, and to now ride and a horse. And to now be able to be on this land, like riding a horse and, you know, allowed myself to have that privilege. It's because of what came before me and what knowledge came before me. And now I'm on the land getting, um, you know, receiving knowledge from, you know, the natives about the fruits and about what happened and how things used to be and like what they had to go through in the history of the land. And it's just like it just it made it come full circle for me for what you're saying is like when you when you're receiving knowledge from other people, like that's a blessing because it helps you to become more elevated as an individual. And so it's always important, like you said, to give back. It's always important to whatever that way is for you. Like for me, it's like, you know, deepening that relationship with my ancestors. Even when I went to Ghana, like being on that, um, being on the slave dungeon, dungeon, being at the slave dungeon was just another like awakening for me of like, oh, like it's so much more for me to do. And I have, the privilege to do so much on this earth because of what those before me have done. And that's why I appreciate, you know, people who are older than us and people who have more wisdom than us that also pass that down because that's kind of our lineage. That's how we learn from one another. We had our grandmothers, our grandfathers who literally was word of mouth. They sat down, they taught us our history. They taught us, you know, our family generational, you know, history and things of that nature. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely important. I agree wholeheartedly that like when you receive a certain amount of knowledge, and that's also why we started this podcast, you have to give back. What is, what's the use of having all of that knowledge mm-hmm. if you're going to hold it to yourself and be selfish and like, you know, I need to know this and I got one up because mm-hmm. I know this. And if I tell people the secret, they gonna have, no, it's room out here for all of us. Yeah. And that's, I talked about this in the last podcast, like when going to Africa, you know, you go on the street. And it's probably like 15 people just selling peanuts. You know what I mean? But if there wasn't a market, of course, they wouldn't be doing it. So that just exposed to me. It's even market here. We get social media and all these things and it makes us feel limited. But no, it's enough out here for all of us. So share game. You know what I mean? Like don't when you receive you receive that knowledge for a reason for you to influence others with that, not to hold it to yourself. So I really respect like old heads that do that and like people who have reached a certain level of knowledge and wisdom who do that because that shows that they they're selfless and they really care about the elevation of their people versus um how can i get how can i get above and how can i get this one up yeah i think it's i think people who like like once you receive the the knowledge to know that once you receive a certain knowledge you're supposed to share, I think the people that don't do that like just lack sense of self because yeah. I think that withholding information in you know invaluable information and wisdom it can make you feel like you have one up or it can make you feel like you know you're doing better than the next person and ultimately you don't want to see people doing better than you so it's like you withhold that within yourself but I feel like once you have enough 
knowledge and comfortability within yourself mm-hmm. you're willing to give mm-hmm. you know the the next person the the information like i know for me like when i when i was in undergrad and i was miss morgan some people can look at that as like the pinnacle like the top mm-hmm. like you are the queen mm-hmm. and I, I used to have freshmen all the time like oh my god i want to be just like you or sophomore like i want to just be like be just like you and i'd be like girl no be better than me yeah. be yourself yeah. you know like yeah. and i i never felt like or i never was intended to you know got into the I never, so you know how people be like, oh, like, like, follow the footsteps that, that became before you. No, don't follow my footsteps. Be inspired by my footsteps. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, what I leave for you, you have to take that and be better than that. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't take what I, what I did and repeat that. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, then, then we're only going to reach one cap of success. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, like, I remember, like, being in world court trainings and, you know, when my time was done and I would tell them, like, yo, you like you might think I was the greatest Miss Morgan. Now I need to see you be the greatest, greatest Miss Morgan. And as we continue to grow and we continue to elevate, the better that we get. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, again, you have to be comfortable within yourself to be willing to share and know that yeah. you know that doesn't make anybody better than you. Yeah. And it's so funny because actually, there's this verse in the Bible right now that I'm like meditating on. I want to say it's like Second Chronicles 14 or like something like that. But like it basically talks about how like everybody is important and everything is important. And it like... I just read that today. For real? In Second Chronicles? I was Chronicles? listening to some, a, a video, but I literally... Yeah, that was a message I had. Okay. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. And, and, and I think this is like a whole other topic in itself. And I think that like sometimes it could be a lot of talk about just like, you know, the history of the Bible and things like that. And I'm not disregarding those things at all, but like... There are gems in the Bible mm-hmm. that you would least expect. I never expected to like read anything like that in the Bible. But like basically what it was talking about was like about it gives the analogy of a body. And it says like when you look at the body, like there's an eye, there's two eyes, there's a nose, there's a mouth, there's two ears, there's two feet, there's two arms, there's a stomach, there's a butt, there's a breast. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and no part of that body is more valuable than another mm-hmm. like you just as much as you need your eyes to see you need your feet to walk and just as much as you need your hands to pick up things and to navigate you need for example your vagina because that what gives life to humans right mm-hmm. and so like i think the overall message of what it's trying to say is nobody is more important than another person like everything that everybody has is valuable and is use usable and i think that like we live in a generation unfortunately where like there's a lot of jealousy there's a lot of envy and it comes from you know people feeling like someone is better than them or someone has one up on them or that they have more privilege and it's like yo if we can get the mindset and be able to understand like we are at this table granted we are all seeing different things. Financially, we're all touching different things. The conversations we're all having is different. The people we're surrounded around is all different. Like, mm-hmm. culturally, we're exposed to all different. But mm-hmm. we are all valuable. Mm-hmm. Like, That's we're true. all valuable at the yeah. end of the day. And so, we have to, like, I think we just got to get more comfortable with ourselves. Because the more yeah. comfortable we get with ourselves, the more willing, you know, we be to share. Yeah. Every I would say everybody has got to heal. Mm. Talk to them, buddy. Let them know. That's what it is. And how do they do that? Because, yeah. you know. Everybody. Every, once, I mean, only only an insecure person would not want to see the best for others. others yeah. For themselves as well as others. So, like, anybody that's, like, who anybody who loves themselves, anybody who gives off love, anybody who just wants to surround themselves with love will expose um, 
they'll they'll expose like the best of the be- the best of the best information or the best of the best uh love to the next person. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, only only somebody who's not satisfied with themselves will withhold anything from another individual. Mm-hmm. Anything of value from another individual. And could you expand upon healing? What does that look like to you? Um shoot, healing healing is a uh a, a journey. That's exactly what it is. It's a journey. It's good. It'll be different for everyone, but healing is definitely a journey. It's not a quick journey. It's not an easy journey. Oh, but it's a journey worth experiencing and going through mm-hmm. and, and making it up. Yeah. So. Oh, that. Let me let me just say no, something. That's serious. That. that is yeah. so real. Like, I said this on a, the last podcast, and I don't care. I'm bragging because I'm just <laughs> proud of myself. But I completed a year of therapy. Like, wow, I, yes, on good. August. Yeah. Thank you. On August 26th, I made my one year of therapy. So at this point, I'm like, girl, child, tell me about it. That's really good. (laughs) Thank you. But the, the, thank you. The overall point that I'm trying to make is like, as I, and I I really do need to like sit and like, just really, really sit and like, just be alone with that thought in itself. So please challenge me to do that. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, as I like sit and I like reflected on like, yo, like, like, I'm a year in therapy, so how do I feel? And, like, you know, I've gotten to a point where I'm, like, fully proud of myself, but just being completely transparent. Like, I've had thoughts of, like, so I'm a year in, and I'm, like, still not where I want to be. But, like, I had to remind myself that, like, healing is a... And my therapist tells me all this time, like, healing is a process, and it's not a destination. You get what I mean? And sometimes... Like, like I know for me, like I thought, like oh, a year into to therapy, wait, like I'm gonna be healed, I'm gonna yeah. be set free, and it's like when, you, and then I, I just told my friend this the other day, like to think that I've experienced over a over ten years of trauma, why would I think that one year of therapy is gonna yeah. heal? all of those wounds you know what i mean and it's like there there are certain situations that i like encounter and i like i walk away and be like wow like therapy's really working like i'm just like go brit you know and then i I walk out of other situations and i'd be like yeah Yeah. i still got some healing to do (laughs) you know what i'm saying because it it really it's not an easy thing to do like and we talked about this a little bit or not a little bit but a lot of it in like the last episode like healing requires you to, to to face the ugliest size of yourself, like the parts of yourself that, you know, and I, I I don't wish this on anyone, but I feel like it's reality and it's raw. The parts of yourself that you hate, the parts of yourself that make you feel like unhappy within yourself. Yeah. Nobody wants to focus on that. Like it's one thing to, to, to real quick in your mind be like, all right, I need to fix this. Or I need to like, I need to change this. But when you really like sit in the pit of it and the root of like, why, what caused you like this? What That shit is hard. It's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally today. So the video I was referring to. So I listen to tarot, and I really, really love it. Um, I have a specific reader that I listen to on YouTube um, because, heads up, that's something you got to be careful um, with if it's somebody you don't resonate with or whatever the case may be. But um, one thing that she brought up today, which is very, very, very true, is the fact that there is still, um, for Capricorns especially, specifically, there's still some inner child healing that I have to do. And it's like, I kind of had a feeling that I did based on like how I've been reacting to certain situations. And like, she brought up a really good point of like, and this is personal, but I'll, I'll let y'all know, like 
when you're not why is it that when you're not working and you're going a hundred you know percent on like trying to better your life and do better and you know get all that workout why is it that the other time you're drinking or like it's some type of stuff substance like drinking or smoking not saying i but drinking or smoking or what else is a distraction um you know the distractions out there and she brought up that point and it was like dang and um she reverted that all the way back to needing that inner that inner child healing that i kind of thought i did or and that's the thing with healing i thought i healed it two years ago three years ago but it's resurfacing now, but in a, in a different type of situation. And so it's just telling me, like, I haven't fully healed from this certain situation. Mm-hmm. Or even if I did, healing, first of all, you don't fully, fully heal from a lot of things. But even if I did put in the work to heal from that, maybe it was something that I ignored or something that I wasn't fully transparent with. Or maybe it's, sometimes it's even different things that come up. Mm-hmm. Like, I could think... And this is just me using an example. I could think it was parental healing that I had to do with my inner child. And whole time, it's like, oh, was I able ever able to be a child type of inner child healing? Like, did I ever experience, like, just being free and being, you know, a kid and not having any responsibility? And so it's, it's different sectors within that. So, um, yeah, you bringing up that point of therapy and healing, all of us talking about healing. It's like, it's not linear and it's not going to be... A destination because as you advance and as you elevate to different levels there's gonna be you know new situations that you're faced with and you either pass the lesson or you don't and mm-hmm. it's okay if you don't pass the lesson because yeah. that just means okay I got some more learning to do mm-hmm. and learn more learning means more wisdom acquired so right yeah but real quick y'all we about to get into this ad yes and we will be right back <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dang. Yeah, and I think um, another thing that I just, like, recently realized was, like, you know, I forgot the overall point that I was trying to make, but, like, I feel like I've gotten to this. Oh, so seeing as though with this episode that we're talking about evolving, right, and elevating, and then now we're, we're speaking about healing and, like, how, like, a lot of times in order to truly evolve, you have to heal. And so I've recently gotten to this point, and I was just talking to Buddy about this as well. Like, I feel like I'm I'm always, like, in this cycle. I, f- I talk about this a lot in the podcast, mm. like, how I'm in this cycle where, like, I'm doing really good, and mm. then it's, like, it goes down. And then I'm doing really good, and it goes down. Mm. And I feel like, you know, I, like, in a sense, kind of hit this wall. And, like, I've realized, like, in order for me to, like, break through this wall or break through this ceiling and get to the next level there are seriously parts within myself that I have to heal you know and I think that until I heal those aspects of myself or you know with the help of God and, and others like I won't be able to truly you know get to the next place of my life like I literally just got a prophetic word the other day and it was like, you know, Brittany, like, you have to stop comparing yourself to others. Like, your mind will hold you captive. And, like, I know I spoke about this before, but, like, I've, like, sometimes I have this bad habit of, like, you know, I'll look at people mm-hmm. that I aspire. Well, not that I aspire, that inspire me, my bad. But, like, mm-hmm. people that inspire me or that I, like, you know, that I love the work that they do. But it caught, like, I'll over-admire them to the point where then I'll be within myself and just be like, damn, like, all right. What do I need to do more of? And it's like nothing. Like you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. But at the end of the day, until I stop doing that, I'll never be able to like value me because I value so 
people so much that it's like I'll take the value out of me. But how am I going to truly be in spaces that require me to know exactly who I am Mm -hmm. if I don't know who I am? You know what I mean? And I know exactly where those things come from as far as like childhood and stuff that goes. But I just have to like sit with it and like really, really deal with it. And like how we were talking about a little earlier, we're just like facing those ugly parts of yourself. Like I notice that a lot of times my therapist will give me homework and like she'll do the homework like, I'll do the homework. She'll give me the homework. I'll do it. And then, like, I'll, I'll give it to her. Like, like, hey, so I did my homework, blah, blah, blah. And then she'll send me back and tell me to do the homework again. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I need you to go deeper, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, I noticed that, like, I'll, I'll kind of stay on the surface with myself. But the moment where it starts getting, like, uncomfortable, I'll just yeah. stop writing. Or I'll just yeah. be like, yeah, so, like, this is the answer to this problem. and And not really, like... You know, like, just hitting those parts of myself that, like, it's just, like, I just want to act like that's not there. But until yeah. I do that, how am yeah. I really going to, like, get it. to the space of, like, being free? And I, let me just be clear. I, like, I'm in a space now where, like, I just desperately want to be free. Like, I'm tired of battling with myself. I'm tired of, like, hitting this wall. I'm tired of just, like, no. I'm tired of having peace and happiness for seasons. Like, yeah. I just yeah. genuinely want to, like be happy and be free and I deserve that but in order I know what I need to do to get to that point and I just need to do it yeah and, and I think oh go ahead it sounds like you scared you're um afraid of um getting uncomfortable mm. but okay. getting uncomfortable is the only way you'll evolve yeah like literally so you gotta go through that ugly uncomfortable dark phase to bloom out of it. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you, Pastor Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one thing um, that I talked about this... <laughs> one thing um, that makes me think of is Layla Delia, who um, I talk about often on this podcast. Her book, Vibrate Higher Daily, she talks about those different phases in life, and I love how she explains it because she know, like she explains it in a way that's like, you're not always going to be happy. Like, things aren't always going to be love and light. And she describes them in certain, uh, what's it called, like, categories, I guess you can say. Um, so she calls one the desert. Like, the desert is when you're in a, you know, a fog. You know, you're just walking along. You don't know where you're going. You're tired, but you're just still trying to walk and go and get through it. Mm-hmm. And then she deci- she uh, describes, um, what else does she say? The desert. She says, like, I forget the other ones, but then she describes another phase of life where you're on high. Like, you're like, I learned this lesson. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm in a new phase of life. Like, everything is going, you know, very well. And then you're in that block again. You know, you're in that season where it's like you can't really see clearly. You're in the fog. You can't really see clearly. You know, you don't know what's going on. You know, maybe you're receiving blocks from receiving divine messages from God because all of a sudden you're in this different part of life. So, that helped me to understand as hard as it is. And I resonate with you because mm-hmm. it's so hard because, you know, we want to make the, all of these things that we incorporate into our spiritual life like a lifestyle, like mm-hmm. all the time. And sometimes that can make us think like everything's always going to be good, like everything's always going to be positive. But even with incorporating that into our lifestyle, we go through hard times. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and we realize it all happens for a reason. So anytime that you're going like, you feel down or like, and this advice, I'm resonating with it as I tell you, but you feel, you feel down. It's like remembering, oh, I went through this so I could learn this. Mm-hmm. And now look where I am. Mm-hmm. I'm in a higher space. I'm elevated. I'm successful. And 
um, I'm where I want to be. I went through, the, like you said, with your internship, you went through that and now you know, oh, that's what I want to do. Like even with your major in college, you went through that and now it's like, it's, it's seeds, it's planting seeds mm-hmm. here and there. But um, just keeping in mind that in one thing that I want to express is that you always elevate out of it. Mm. You knowing you personally, like you always, with everything you go through, like even my mom listens to this, my sisters, and they're like, wow, Brittany's story is like so inspiring. Like, they're like, she went through all that. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, she went through all that. She ain't lying. And so it just goes to show like to go through all that and still elevate, 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 and still not, because it's easy to let your mind keep you somewhere and still not allow that force to keep you stagnant is like, Give clap yourself up, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank seriously. You, <laughs> one thing, thank you. one thing I want to mention. Um, you said you said something extremely simple, but it's mm-hmm. it's actually extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So with, with that being said, basically, I learned recently that you literally have to take a lot. You can be, you can have, be happy, and you can have joy. You can have overall joy. But what you have to learn is how to take life for what it is, which is taking the good with the bad. Mm. Like you're never gonna, you're never gonna just go through fifty years of your life just flawless, happy, mm. everything's so well, perfect. Like in life, you literally have to take the good with the bad. So I mean, but you have to appreciate both on the same level. Mm-hmm. Like you have to appreciate that dark, that dark side as, as long with the um. Decide when you shine them because right. they both are a part of the story. Yeah. And the overall journey. So Yeah, and it's like it's so funny because one thing that I like to do, um, like when I when I try to like understand God and like how he works and what he does, I try to I pay attention to nature. Like mm-hmm. nature, whether it being the sun, the way that tree like trees, the woman's body, like literally all of those things. If you pay very close attention to those things, there's a lot of Messages, and so one message that's coming to me right now with what you're talking about, like life is not always going to be good. It's like the bad always brings forth the good, and so like I'm thinking about like a woman, a pregnant woman, right, Mm -hmm. and how as the baby, which is the gift of life, is growing, it's growing in the darkness. You Mm -hmm. understand? They're in a stomach. It takes nine months, and then when the baby is coming out of the canal. It, that's one of the most painful experiences that a woman will ever experience. But the moment that pain is over, then look, you get what I mean? You have a gift of life. And so it's the same thing with us. Like, you know, the sometimes you got to go through pain and it doesn't make sense, you know, always. But if you look at the other side of it, it's just like, wow, like if I only would have known, you get what yeah. I mean? Like just, just to trust the process or just to know, mm. like, you know, in, in a woman, you're you're having... You're you're in the process of like giving life yes. to something new, yes. something that the world has never seen before. That nothing on this earth is like that thing. And some days you go through and you're really happy. You're enjoying your pregnancy. The next day you're throwing up. And I feel like that's the same way with our life. Like as we continue to produce new and to develop what the earth has never seen before. Because ultimately we all have the ability to do those things. Like yeah. there's never been a Justice Hill. There's never been a Dre Griffin. There's never been a Brittany Dorsey. And after our time there will never be another. So it's like we are in the process of like giving something new to life. And so... Yeah, I probably should just take my own advice. <laughs> yeah, and what I was about to <laughs> darn it, I was about to say something and it just slipped. It my slipped. Mind. And sorry to 
why you're thinking. But, like, that's one thing that I know, like, I, I experience too. Like, and my therapist tells me all the time, like, every day is not going to be a good day. And, like, if you don't have a good day, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, for me, just, like, being sensitive to my healing journey and knowing that I'm going through the process of, like, healing a lot. It's like when I have bad days or have moments, it's just like, oh, God, I'm back to square one. But it's like, no, it's just, it's life. It happens. Like, every day just really is not a good day. But, like, that's okay. And and then it makes me think also, too, like, that's how you realize that life is about perspective. You know, the Mm -hmm. way that you view situations. Like, somebody can go through one thing and just feel like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. You know, and then another person can go through it and just be like, yo, like, yeah, that was hard, but look what I've learned. You get what I'm saying? Like, for example, like, with my life, a lot of people that have, like, experienced the things that I've experienced in my life would have folded. And if they did, I'm not mad at them because... That shit is hard. You get what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like going through that, it's like you realize how much wisdom. Like for me, in my perspective, I'm like, yo, I'm so wise. You know, I can have a conversation with a 26-year-old, 27-year-old and be able to keep up. But had I never experienced the things in my life that I have, I wouldn't be. But that's perspective. That's the way that I choose to view things. So I feel like, you know, we have to get to a space where like... Check your perspective. You get what I'm saying? You you really have to check your perspective and check the way that you're viewing your situation or you're viewing whatever it is that you're going through, whether it be good or bad. You get what I'm saying? You could be going through something good and and be like, oh, my God. Like, for example, when Joy asked you, like, how does it feel to, like, be at the peak? And you're like, you know, it's great, but there's always still room to elevate. Mm-hmm. But the next person could be where you are and, like, yo, I got the gift of life. I'm making good money. I'm happy. I'm comfortable. Yeah. So it's like perspective is everything. Yeah. I was going through my phone. I was looking for this one quote. It said, be so confident about God's plan that you don't even get upset anymore when things don't go your way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. So you, basically, you just got to trust God, trust like, God. and yeah. believe, like, not on your own understanding. understanding. Woo! Yeah. I tell you, I just be like, that gets me through a lot of things, though. I'm just like, you know, let me trust God. Let me trust God. If I, if I you know, start to get worried about this, this, and this, then I'm not trusting God. Right. Um. So that brings me to ask, Um. so this is my last question, and I want both of y'all to answer, and I can answer it, too, but I know we're talking a lot about healing and everything and um, elevating through life, so with you talking about therapy and you talking about like just things you went through in life and you know how you've elevated to where you are now what's an actual tool that you can give our listeners like you say your therapist made you write down um you know answers to certain questions so what's an actual healing modality or or tool that you use that's helped you along your healing journey Ooh, should I go first? Because, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to try to be like, yo, I'm going to try that and I'm going to see if it works for me, you know? Because you mm-hmm. never know what the listeners I mean, are. y'all want me to be completely, completely honest? Completely, or just like, completely like, honest. space for it's the raw, just parent, okay? If I'm going to be all the way real, um, what helped me a lot, like extremely, was cannabis, mm-hmm. nature, and music. Mm-hmm. Cannabis, nature, and music. That was like, uh, it was like medicine for my soul. Like when I was feeling like so low, it was like the music, um, the the type of music I was feeding myself. It was like helping me. Um, it was letting music was letting me know that I wasn't alone. 
Mm. That's what that's what music was like. I listened to a lot of uh, <laughs> Future, oh, <God>. <laughs> but like it's like a certain it's it's a certain state you have to be in to like understand Future's music to its full potential. Like mm. he was he literally every time I played his music, he was like letting me know like yo, you ain't the only one that's feeling like that, mm. basically. And then so like when I would spend time with nature, um. It would it would just be like you could just feel God all in the air. Like you could see God in the grass, you could see God through the water, you could see God in the sun, you could see God in the uh, deer, you could see God in the rabbits. Like you could if you just like take the time to just sit back mm-hmm. and digest how beautiful the world actually is. Yeah. Like the raw world, you're gonna feel God. Mm-hmm. Like you will you'll you'll feel God through throughout your whole entire system. So mm-hmm. like I got it. I got to a point where I start like, I got joy from feeding like geese in a pond. Mm. Like I, I would go to Seven Eleven get like a pack of um, cashews or something. Or not cashews, but like it was like a little snack that uh, birds could eat. So I would just feed the feed the birds and stuff. So and I, basically, that was putting in, putting me in a position. People are gonna take this the wrong way, but it was like, I was feed. I was like. Say I was God and the and the and the pigeons were like people on earth, like I was feeding the people on earth, like that was me, me like pouring my spirit back into myself. Mm. Like, mm. Yeah. That's wrong powerful. With that, okay, y'all better take that the right way because that's yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. I love that. That's deep. Yeah, but yeah, like, mm. it's 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 it it's very it gets deep, but like it's I've. I appreciate everything I ever went through in life. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Mm. What would you say? Oh, <laughs> I'm next. still thinking. <laughs> um, I agree, though. I resonate with what he said as far as, like, being in nature. Um, okay, so one healing. Okay, I would say I agree with that. So if I could give two, <laughs> I would say definitely get in nature because what that taught me was life goes on. Like once you sit outside and you watch, you know, the the water still flowing mm-hmm. if you're if you're near a, a dam or once you watch the birds still getting up every morning to chirp and mm-hmm. do what they're gonna do, you notice like life is still life. Life is still going. Mm-hmm. Like nature is not gonna stop for unless some horrible disaster which even if a disaster comes, nature is, is still gonna pop back up and you know, mm-hmm. you know, be great again. So it's like mm-hmm. one thing that taught me is like life goes on, so I gotta keep going. It's mm-hmm. you know, as tired as I may be or as sad as I may be, like nature is gonna keep going, which shows me God is still alive and well and present. So that that, you know, puts more encouragement in me and it allows me to know that okay, my purpose is still here and I'm going through this for a reason. Um, but what I would say as like advice to someone who's healing right now as far as something that has really, really, really helped me, it's like so many things I want to say. Right. It's like hard to put uh, it in. Okay. <laughs> so the, the number one thing I would say is like going in a room by yourself, whether that's in your bedroom, if you live alone, whatever the case is, whatever the case may be, go in a room by yourself and... Either think what you feel, say what you feel, or write exactly what you feel as far as where your hurt is coming from, as far as um, what exactly it is that's hurting you, and be completely honest. Like, 
sometimes we want to be like, we don't want to be honest with ourselves and we want to run away from our own thoughts, but deep down we know the truth. Be completely honest on what it is you need to heal through and what it is that's hurt, that's hurt you. You know, whether that's when you were a child, a teenager, um, a grown adult. And I think I said this before, but keep asking why, why, why? As soon as you get to one thing, um, you know, why? I feel this way. Why? I feel this way. Why? And do it until you can't answer anymore. And once you get to that root, like release. Whatever your form of release is, whether that's crying, whether that's um, taking a shower, whether that's meditating, whether it's praying, um, release, whether it's literally burning those papers up or, you know, however you want to do it, just release and and take a moment to sit in it and resonate and not even resonate in it, but see it and accept it mm-hmm. instead of running away from it, accept it and then release. Mm-hmm. So I would say three things, three quick things. So I would say for one, like invite God in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times, like when you experience things in life, it is very easy to, um, and please don't take this like the wrong way or too literal, but like it's, it's very easy to become a victim of your situation. So you can just, you know, be like, well, why me? Like, why me of all people? I do good. I do this. I So it's like, why would this happen to me? And those feelings cause us to be angry with God. And at the end of the day, you're entitled to whatever it is that you feel. But I challenge you to invite God in because I believe that when you invite God in, you'll be able to see your situation from a different lens. And you'll be able to, to realize, like, whether it's something that you're doing physically that is causing that issue or something that you're ignoring, something that you're neglecting, or like whatever the root of the real issue is, you you can, because I would say that like life is too powerful than to fight life without a divine force. You know what I mean? Like we need a spiritual foundation because I think as humans, we're not strong enough. And so when you invite God in, you get like an extra strength of armor and you'll be able to do things that you wouldn't be able to do or overcome and conquer with your own physical strength. So for one, I would say let God in. Mm -hmm. For two, I would say be human. Like allow yourself to be human. You know, there are people saying, all right, you got five minutes to feel whatever you feel and then you got to thug it out. That shit is not real life. Mm -hmm. If someone hurts you, if you hurt yourself, whatever it is that you're feeling, those are your feelings. So don't ever let anyone make you feel like you cannot feel it. I'm going to tell you, don't stay there, of course. Yeah. But if it takes you three months to feel whatever you feel before you can get back up, mm-hmm. you are perfectly entitled to those three months. Don't ever let anyone make you feel like you don't deserve to be sad. You don't deserve to be angry. Like As long as you don't stay there, that's all that matters. And what that timeline looks like is different for all of us. But feel what you feel. Like Feel real human emotions. If I come over there and punch you in your face... Your face is going to hurt, is it not? So you can't sit there and be like, nah, nah, like thug shit, that shit don't hurt. You're going to say that, but you're still going to hurt at the end of the day. So feel what you feel. Those are your feelings. You're entitled to it. No one else has to feel what you feel for those feelings to be validated. Like a lot of times I find myself saying like, am I wrong for feeling like this? And of course, from that person's perspective, they're either going to be like, yeah, like you really shouldn't feel that way. But that doesn't mean that I don't still feel it just because you told me my feelings is right or wrong. Yeah. So feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece of advice that I would give to a person is like, 
be open about whatever it is that you're going through like have conversations like I feel like for me like as far as like my growth and like my development has been because I've never been I've never kept what I was going through to myself like I've Mm. always had conversations I've always allowed myself to be open to mentors open to people who are connected to me like Mm. you have to give people a chance to like pour back into you whether that be love whether that be wisdom whether that be guidance and sometimes we block our own blessings trying to be so strong and that was a lesson that was taught to me at a very young age like I remember you know being in a situation where like my mom didn't have no money dad wasn't around you know and I used to be on a cheerleading team and the cheerleader the coaches and the the chair moms they used to you know bring groceries like bags of rice meats vegetables like bags and bags of stuff to my house or try to get me clothes and try to get me money and I used to be like nah like I'm good like I'm okay because I never wanted to seem like a charity case but at the end of the day once somebody said it to me one time and it never left it was just like you know be careful not to block your blessings God sees what you're going through and right now he may be sending his angels to provide for you what it is that you're lacking and ever since then she said that to me I can look back at my life and I can always say that anything I ever felt like I was missing or I was lacking God didn't provide it and it may not have came in the form in which I wanted it or who I wanted it from but it always was there but you have to be open to be able to receive that and whether that comes through tangibles or whether that comes through conversation divine wisdom and knowledge is going to be there Mm -hmm. so my three things is invite God in be a human and be open I love y'all. Y'all can follow me on Instagram. Drops the mic. Y'all can. Um, oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, you yeah. welcome. You, you know, you know. <laughs> Say no. Nah. But yeah, y'all can follow me on the gram at according to Brit with three T's. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I still am currently accepting money and donations for my squeegee boy project so that link is in my bio as well Mm -hmm. um i also want to say thank you because so far i've raised over fifteen hundred dollars i received so many donations that i'm like i have enough to donate each week Mm -hmm. so i'm two weeks in um and i'm gonna just continue to donate and continue to do it until it runs out and if it never runs out then i'm never gonna stop so thank y'all and tell our listeners where they can find you. This was good, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but tell them, tell them where they can find you, especially with haircuts, you know. And your um, buddy's treats. Yes. Yeah, give them info. All right. So, um, right now, you can find me at M1 Innovations. That's at 2350 Washington Place, Northeast Washington, D.C. That's in the Phoenix Salon Suites, room 104, Suite 104. Um, my Instagram is actually... Underscore Justice Khalil. Um, I would say I'm a pretty decent barber. I don't like to toot my own horn, but I, we do do phenomenal work. Um, the cuts do cost a premium of $60. Um, and it, But it's not only a haircut. It's, it's literally a, a grooming experience that you'll okay. never forget. Mm. And what about your buddy's treats? Um, so that, that was something I was doing on the side, like a, a side hustle, but now... Like I told you guys, I just found out how much I love uh, barbering, so mm-hmm. I'm like a thousand percent invested into that right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And you can find me at Joy Jolene, J-O-Y-J-O-E-L-E-N-E. And yes, if y'all would like to send a donation in, our our um, cash, app. cash app is money signed back to her. And yeah, I think that's everything. Yes, yeah, so and you guys can follow our um 
Instagram, sorry, this is a lot of content to take <laughs> like, in, but all of this is you can definitely find it like on our Instagram page when we post a flyer, mm-hmm. we'll tag um, Buddy so mm-hmm. you can follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our Instagram page is official back mm-hmm. to her, mm-hmm. and that two is the number two. Like George said, if you would like to make a donation, you can send it to the Cash App or Anchor allows you to sponsor our podcast for as little as 99 cents. Um, and we also sell juices and smoothies and immunity mm-hmm. shots. So that's mm-hmm. official, her blends. And again, I know that's a lot of information, mm-hmm. but like as simple as like going to my page or Joy's page, you'll be able to find everything. So thank you again for listening. We appreciate your continuous support and love. Mm-hmm. We love when you all hit us up and tell us how you felt about an episode. And we were also just played to our listener yes, in Kuwait. Kuwait. Girl, we in the Middle East. Okay. <laughs> I read it today. I was like, Saudi Arabia. What? Yes. But yes, to our listener listener in Kuwait, thank you. We appreciate you. Girl, welcome. What's up? Welcome. Family. Welcome. Yes. Um, and definitely spread the word, y'all. Send this podcast to a friend and a friend and a friend. If you've received, you know, a divine message through it, you know, spread that knowledge. But yes. Until next note, time. Bye. We love y'all. See ya. <laughs>